Welcome to the Dave Cast. It is I, Christian Blad, and Dave the Dog just stood up and walked out of the room when I said that. I thought uh, he would be excited that I was offering to name the podcast after him. Here it is, Blackcast 275. That's a lot. That's a joyous occasion we should celebrate. And what better way to celebrate than being joined by not just Dave the Dog, but Will Sterling on Twitter and Instagram at Will Sterling underscore. What if I wasn't part of the episode, but Dave somehow was? Like, I, we don't know where he is. He gives the key to his place. We're using his gear. There's yeah. no Dave. Or there's Dave here, but no Will. And we just ask Dave his opinions about things, and he would bark. He'd share them. And we'd be like, opinionated. like, Dave, what did you think of Star Wars The Last Jedi? <laughs> and then be like, what did you think of Jurassic World? And his answer would be? Uh, he would just take a massive shit in the living room. <laughs> Uh, you know, but not here for a joyous occasion of Blackcast 275 is Captain EO Jeff DeRay, whose social media I will not promote. He's up to 7,000 followers now. All robots, though. Yeah, but that's, that's not the point. I, yeah, but I, I'm very upset uh, that it's not me. But uh, we'll talk about why Jeff's not here in, in a moment. It's all good things for him. But uh, we have instead our go-to substitute Bostonian by way of Melbourne, Australia, the one, the only, Brad Morin. Hey, man. It's good to be here. Old Man Morin uh, visiting us in the United States. I feel like you were just here, but that was last summer. Yeah, that was nine months ago. I'm still traumatized because, Will, when Brad was here, we saw Transformers the last night. Oh, that's right. We went together to see it. I kind of forgot that that movie existed. Yeah. And we, uh, Brad, watch out for your apple fritter, which (laughs) the dog has decided it wants. Yeah. Uh, Yum Yum Donuts has such a yum yum, and he wants your sunglasses and your phone. See, Dave just wants his head on the table. Table surfing, he's the perfect Uh, height. So, uh, yeah, you know, 275, it's like, well, if this was a comic, we could probably be a double-sized issue. We're not going to do double-sized. We'll just do do standard size. You know what we're doing? We're saving it up for 300. Oh, yeah. Well, there's a hologram cover to this episode of The Black Cats, and it's pre-bagged with a collectible card. Uh, the card is actually, oddly enough, with Captain EO, even though he's not on the episode. Yeah, well, you know, it's it's one of those tie-in with another comic book issue. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you get the guest from another book and yeah, Captain Australia. I mean, that's... Captain Australia. Good die, mate. Throw another shrimp on the barbie. That's not how you say it. Not that's it. how... If it were an animated series, like I feel like that's what Zartan talked like on uh, the G.I. Joe. I don't feel like yeah. he had a strong Australian accent. No, he didn't. But um, some of the dreadnoughts did on the cartoon. What? But they always drank uh, grape soda and ate uh, chocolate donuts, which is what we're doing right now. It is, Except without it, the is, soda. is grape soda a very uh, Australian thing? Because no, you can't get it. Done. There is a um, <laughs> there is a segment of the population that I associate grape soda with, which I will not say what it is. I just feel like it is, I feel like it wow. is feel like it is a uh, but it is not Australian is no. what I'm saying like there's an assumption by the way my my friend uh, Jay Caperez he's uh, Filipino loves grape soda all right so that's obviously who I'm talking about yes. But, but, uh, but no. Will, by the way, G.I. Joe, before your time, but I feel like you must have seen the reruns. Cartoon? Yeah, the cartoon G.I. Yeah, Joe. Yeah. yeah, of course. I mean, it had to still My be on. My was seven years older than me. Okay. And it was still airing, and I yeah. watched that. And it it oh, stayed yeah. on forever. Yeah. Yeah, because uh, yeah, I felt like you're fully aware of Now You Know and No One's Half the Battle. Remember those like re-edited ones where it was oh, like, yeah. body massage, who wants a body massage? All that kind of oh. stuff. Those shorts. They're so good. That was like one yeah. of the first like viral hits that I was like sharing with all my friends when I was in high school or middle so school. So right up there so with So I the... was in a perfect gap to be to see G.I. Joe as a child and then to be part of viral sensations 
as a, as so a high school. So right up there with the oft-reference on the black cast, the Thundercats outtakes. That's yes. like the same time period. Yeah, when right? E-Bomb's world was like king of viral media. Yeah. I have no idea what you're saying, but that's fine. I just... because uh, I'm hip. I know. Yeah. I know. Uh, speaking of hip... How? Uh, <laughs> Damn it! I walked into that one. <laughs> well, no, you kind of hobbled. Sorry, cr- you kind of hobbled into it. <laughs> Setting up all these great jokes for you. You don't deserve them. Uh, <laughs> hey, it is the great jokes cast. Uh, I would say this is indeed our first black cast uh, following your surgery. So, My will procedure. let everybody yeah. know uh, how you're doing. I'm doing well. Uh, I had uh, hip arthroscopy, which is to f- femoral femoroacetabular impingement if you say so uh, is what it is and it's to fix a misgrown bone the top of the femoral head of my leg and so they went in there with a little scope and they a good majority of the cartilage that covers the top of my femur where it connects to my hip was pretty much like shredded so they removed that and now there's exposed bone that they put tiny little fractures in to help try to regrow some of that cartilage so i can't put any weight on it for six weeks which now I'm entering the beginning of week five. Like I said, I'm going backwards. This is week two. Uh, <laughs> week five. I'm like, five left. Two weeks. No, no. I was like, I, I was like, wait, is he trying to do the uh, space-time I'm continuum? An, yeah, I'm anticipating when you Future release this. Future Blackcast? Because I'm like, wait, it's going to be a couple weeks. Yeah. Uh, spoiler alert. This is technically but, week two. Yeah, five so it's week, week two while we're talking, and it'll be week four by the time people hear it. Okay. So. Um, and uh, I'm doing okay. The only thing I really can't do is walk the dog. It takes right. me a while to get up and down the stairs. Went to the gym yesterday because no excuses. Hashtag no excuses. Hashtag no excuses. Can only do seated machines, upper body. So at the end of this, uh, I have one right. really buff leg and one <laughs> tiny, pathetic little leg. I want the picture of the buff leg. Like, we need to put it <laughs> takes up. takes all the weight uh, from the A few things. Uh, exposed bone is actually why Bujenski was tossed off the groove cruise. That's right. <laughs> and uh, the, the gym you go to... Planet Fitness. Yes, you turned me onto it because you just yeah, I know ten dollars a month instead right. of the like forty two a month that I was spending and at twenty five fancy equipment. And I don't yeah, need because because look at me. Do you think I need fancy equipment? No, <laughs> I need a I need a treadmill that stays turned on while you're on it, not one that like shuts off in the middle. Uh-huh. I've run into that sometimes. So I guess literally run into it. And uh, so here's the thing. Yesterday I was at the studios for podcast one. Didn't run into you. I was also at Planet Fitness and also didn't run into you. I I was at both of those locations probably much later than you were. So I missed you both places. Yeah. But we're practically neighbors, as Brad has seen, because he came from our house. We have mine and Brad's house uh, all the way to here. And it's like, you're our neighbor now. And the beauty is that After Buzz is right in the middle of us. But I didn't want to make you hobble out of the house and drive to After Buzz in your current condition. Not... Not for I, the not for the black cast. I could have done it. I yeah, mean, I can get up and down the stairs. Yeah. it's sad because the one thing I can't do is be bipedal, so I don't get to walk the dog. That's the one thing. Yeah, he's very confused. He doesn't I, understand. I why. thought it would be easier, you know, this time around. You know, as fun as it is to do the show at After Buzz, I like the way it sounds and all that. I was like, we're just, we're gonna bring ourselves to you. It's helpful. And we wanted to do the visit, and then I was like, well, if we're gonna visit. We might as well record it. So, Brad, as a fan of the Black Cast, yes, sir. You were talking earlier that uh, you, you of course, know me for twenty five years. years? Yeah. I mean, we didn't meet until a little bit after that, but <laughs> we met, I guess, like twenty two and a half years ago in person. Well, we, we 
we had a mutual friend, John. Yeah. And you were legendary because John talked about you all the time. You yeah. were like the best friend that wasn't there because we, John and I lived in Japan and you Correct. were in New York and you were yeah. the sort of the New York friend and I was the Japan friend. And I was the, I was a friend who would send VHSs of TV shows that yeah. at that time you couldn't see in, you know, now it's like, I'm sure if you're in Japan, you can watch everything on your phone. You could probably yeah. watch like live NBC four from New York on your phone while you're, wa- you're, while you're walking around Rapunky or whatnot. So, uh, Yes, I was indeed legendary. Thank you. Um, but uh, I've known you for a long time, so that gives you kind of a personal connection to the Black Cast. But you, you've met Will before. Yeah, I've met but, Will. We went for milk and cookies and looked yeah. at a TARDIS. It was great. Yeah. yeah. Was that, but, the la- that was the last time. That was yeah. the last time. And that, that, showed, up in a little, time. that showed up on uh, Facebook today because I was checking in a few places with Brad. Uh, so, but, so even though you met Will, really, this is the second time, but you feel like you know him because... Yeah, so there's this weird thing where, you know, as a listener to podcasts, and I listen to a lot of podcasts, you know, you get to know the host and you get to know the people who are on it and you know what they tell you. And, you know, there's this certain familiarity and sometimes when you run into these people, one of the things that people who listen to my podcast always say when they meet me and they go, Jesus Christ, you swear a lot. You know, it's like, because <laughs> I never swear on my podcast anymore. Right. Because I teach primary school, I have this little switch in my head and like half the time, don't say anything risque, don't swear, don't do anything. And I use that sort of little thing when I'm podcasting. Mm. But the second I'm off mic, and of course I'm on a mic, so I'm not swearing at the moment. Plus I've been around Christian's kids this morning. But ah, uh, We'll talk yeah, about that. Well, we'll yeah. talk about that. But I smell smell mouth of a sailor. Oh, yeah. I'm well. Like four months old, she said fuck all the time. Well, yeah. Well, you, you know, know what? She just discovered the C word. Oh, so, God. Yeah. That. So, but she wasn't at Disneyland when I did it. No, yeah, Brad swore up and down Disneyland, and that uh, was jet lag. Did your like, did your wife have to talk to you about it? I'm no, trying to, you made it painfully obvious. I was like, you I know, there's. Dropped. I was like, you know, there's children everywhere. We're standing like in halfway through the line for like it's a small world, and there's it's literally surrounded by kids. It's something in my head should have clicked and because I was so tired. It was like, you know, you fucking cunt, and everyone was like, what? Like yeah. every kid within 50 meters is turned to stare. Parents <laughs> were like <laughs> meters. things. There we go. Like a weird, weird Australian measurement or slang. You'll get a bell. But because I know you and I listen to your cast, I feel You know that I have a very dirty mouth. Well, yeah. But I also know, for example, you. And so I have that familiarity, but it it, it transfers to Will and to, to Jeff. And so I'm like, oh, yeah. How's Will's hip? Like, how's Jeff going? Yeah. Like, all these things. Like, <laughs> how's everything? And I'm like, oh, but I actually, you know, I've met Will. Yeah. But I've never met Jeff. And right. it's just like, yeah. I feel like we met once before the milk and cookies. It might have been. Uh, yeah. You know, I think there was another it time. I think you might be right. So this, But still, this is only the third yeah. time. Yeah. Exactly. You know a lot about what's going on with Will. Uh, Captain EO is uh, always happy to share what's going on, and yet you've never met him. Nope. And uh, so, uh, <laughs> so it's you still have not met him. No. So when you do actually meet him, you'll know him even better than you do right now. I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> uh, so let's see. So a few things. First, one of the things I so I've lived in California for 15 years now, and I think what I've found is that my friends from the East Coast. Uh, swear a lot more than people from California do. And that included me, especially before I had children when I lived here. But it's a lot of like, instead of saying, um, uh, you'll have yeah. that friend that goes, fucking, uh, yeah. fuck, 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 fuck. You know? And it's, it's like, Boston people thing. don't, it's a Boston, New York. It's a very, yeah, oh, yeah. it's a very Northeastern thing. I guess you know? snow, yeah. Yeah, right, exactly. And, and, and so yeah. every once in a while, you have to just, there's children present. Yeah. And especially at the happiest place on earth 
in Disneyland. So uh, I, I do remember a reprimand. But we had a great time. Yeah, it was wonderful. Uh, there were, and the thing about, look, if you're swearing around kids at Small World, most of them are foreigners anyway. They don't know what you're saying. You know, if you oh, think about gosh. the, what, what? Just think about all the kids there. That's that community you were talking about that loves... This, that beverage. Yes, the, the Swiss. Yeah. The Swiss. They love grape yeah, soda. And the Matterhorn. Uh, the yes. <laughs> the uh, uh, Felix's Felix's first ever ride at Disneyland was Small World, and he was just he couldn't believe it. And I kind of looking forward to going on. I'm not looking forward enough where I'm ready to you know drop. I forget what the kids' price is. It's like eighty dollars, and it's oh. it's 110 for adults. So I'm not eagerly anticipating it. But when we are there the next time, I'm excited to see how much more, because he talks so much now. So I think he would be pointing at the things and talking about, you know, like there's a polar bear and there, you know, all this or panda bear. I think you get both. You get a lot of bears. You get bears who drink grape soda. I will not say what kind of bears those are. I think that we know. They may or may not be the on the California flag. I like how right now yeah, Dave the dog is trying to open the, the cabinet bell, underneath the sink. The bell hurts his ears and loud sounds make him want to hide in cave-like spaces. So, so he tries to go into so closets and the bathroom. I thought he was going to put on some yellow rubber gloves and start cleaning the sink. I was just I like, would, I would love if he would do that. That would be sink really helpful. Being, yeah, I could give and, him a list of chores. Yeah, and do that. you know when. People used to talk about their dogs, like if you see like in all TV shows, they'll talk about like the owner dog being being the master. I feel like that's probably not the right relationship anymore for a dog to have a master. Do you consider yourself your dog's friend? Are you his uh, fur, I, furless daddy? Or? He's my idiot best friend. Right. You that's fair. I mean? like, Wait, I, th- I really did guy. think that was Bajensky. I, I really thought that he would. Hmm. He was your did, be- he's your he- best idiot friend? Bajinski's just my idiot friend. Okay, gotcha. The best part, that's like, that's stretching it. We never see the guy. Fair enough. I'm going to give him that badge. Yeah, agreed. He's going to come to the scout meetings at least once every <laughs> month. So Dave is my, my idiot best friend because yes. he's intelligent up to about, you know, a two and a half, three-year-old. So right now he and Felix are on the same level. He's a handful. Yeah. Yeah. He, Felix, Felix is, also a handful. Felix has now surpassed Dave because Felix can talk. Dave can't talk yet. I'm still yeah, waiting there's going to be time. Yeah. Speaking of Felix, uh, Brad, you have the distinction of being the only friend who's been around during our morning routine of Felix wakes up, Felix gets ready, Felix has his breakfast. Tell me what some of your thoughts were. Getting, getting First of all, see the little guy. Felix loved seeing you last summer when you were out here. Oh, that's great. He got to color with you. He really remembered that. Mm-hmm. Because when I told him, daddy's friend Brad is coming back. And I'm like, can you say Brad? He's like, Brad. And then he like thought about it for a second. And I'm like, you know, you can you can play with Brad when you see him tomorrow morning. And he's like, you know, he not every sound out of his mouth is a fully formed word, but he's like, the color with Brad. And I'm like, yes, you can color with Brad because he remembered that that's what he did. Fire truck last time. This time he drew an ice cream truck. That's right. Next time Zamboni. That's my personal request. Done. All right. He may not understand what that is as a Californian. No. However, because he likes to watch truck videos, he certainly knows the ice resurfacer, which is the technical name for, I guess, a Zamboni. And he does indeed have. If you uh, if you have kids, this is basically specifically for Jason Blair. Just go ahead and go on YouTube and Google Truck Tunes, T-U-N-E-S, and uh, you will hear all of those songs so much more than you ever thought you might. So uh, I teach primary school. Yeah. A lot of my kids really inappropriately watch Deadpool, which they probably shouldn't, but they all love You take Deadpool. the word probably out of that statement? Yeah. Well, you go they ahead. Because they're they 10, will, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, they definitely they should They were nine watching. last year and they were all watching Deadpool. Oh, no, that's fine. But 10, yeah. you shouldn't watch no, it. Yeah. Yeah. Nine, Nine's cool. Totally. Yeah. yeah. But they were all watching it at home. They were all talking about it constantly. But a bunch of the kids came up to me and said, Mr. Moore, and there's that scene at the beginning where he's 
like going to run over a guy with a big machine and there's ice. What's that thing? <laughs> and they were like, they had no, because ice skating isn't really a thing. And it's definitely doesn't snow in Melbourne. So people were like, you know, kids were like, what is that big machine? It turns right. out it's a Zamboni. And, the, you know, just hearing kids, you know, nine-year-old kids hear the word Zamboni for the first time. Some joy. It was great. They were like, what is that word? What is that thing? What does it do? And so I got to do the, what is a, an ice resurfacer? And why would you do that? Because they're like, why would why? you resurface the ice? Yeah, yes. exactly. Totally alien to them. Uh, but uh, away from Deadpool and back to uh, watching the morning routine. Give me give your thoughts about uh, early morning Felix. You he, you heard him long before you saw him. Oh, yeah, I did. Uh, he definitely, um, you are a master of negotiation, sir. Because uh, as a kid, it would have just been a cuff behind my head and like, go do the thing I told you to do. And you were like, no, nope, don't do that. Let's do this. Masterful parenting. I'm well uh, as uh, a primary school teacher. I see a lot of it not done right. Th this so. is why I asked you because I wanted the compliments. No, it's uh, it's one of the things that it depends on your your school of parenting. Mm. There are some people that feel like you should not negotiate with them. You have yeah. to lay down the law. But then that just would result in him being really upset all the time. Yeah, and absolutely. like even as it is, he had to cry because. I gave him a choice of two shirts, which yeah. usually works. He didn't want either of them. No. And, I wa and he's like, I want to wear a monster truck. And I'm like, it's going to be 93 degrees today. And it's dirty. Yeah, and it's dirty. Right, I exactly. heard this negotiation, yeah. yeah. So I was like, you wear one of these shirts. No, I don't like them. He's like, don't you want to say the letters on the shirt? No, I don't like the letters. And sometimes you eventually, it does degrade. I've talked about this before on the podcast. It degrades into, Daddy, I don't like you. Oh, and I'm I like, heard one of those. Yeah. So, I'm sorry you feel that way, but we still have to put on a shirt. And he's yep. like, he's like, no, nothing. Which Excuse means he wants to wear no shirt. Yeah. Excuse me. You're going to get in the way of Felix's <laughs> ability to walk around swole with no shirt on like any fucking man should. <laughs> this is America, Christian. Sun's out, look, guns out. Yes, thank you. It's hot outside. It's he America. He wear his fucking tank top but no shirt at all, he's, that's okay. He's on his way to school, and um, there are famous people who mm. attend my school. Thank you very much. Uh, well, famous kids. Uh, kids of famous people. I guess the kids themselves are yet to be famous. Uh, and, uh, you know, I got to have him, I got to have him looking debonair. Look, he wanted to put the Mets hat on. I had no problem with that. But he's got to wear a shirt. Pretty sure it's a no shirt, no shoes, no education. I think it says that on the door. Maybe I'm wrong. It's interesting because one of the recent episodes we had uh, Captain EO got to see me do some parenting at Lucy's oh, yeah. egg party. And he had some interesting insights there. And I was like, well, you know, Brad, Brad got to see a part of the day that nobody sees. Brad was a part of the drop-off at school, yeah. which that's not even negotiation. It's no. like... What songs do you want to hear on the radio? Great. We're going to listen to three yeah. of them. The assumptive close was nice. You were like, no, not even, would you like to? It was, here's a thing. Would yeah. you like? We're going to do this. And, and uh, as we're talking about Googling videos, uh, the Pink Fong, P-I-N-K-F-O-N-G, YouTube channel, was brought to our, it's all right, it kind of sounds a little dirty, was brought to my attention for dirty. their Baby Shark video, which uh, we showed to Felix when he was like, I don't know, six months old maybe, and he liked it, and uh, the Pink Fong channel has been a part of our life ever since, there's a lot of songs about animals and some about trucks, but it's mostly animals, uh, it's fairly harmless, and I feel like if I'm going to have a tune stuck in my head, most likely, it's a it's a Pink Fong song or a truck truck tune song. It's not it's not Shandy. It's not I Was Made for Loving You. Nah. It's not it's not Pour Some Sugar on Me. No, it's gonna be one of those kids' songs. Well, this morning we got the disco remix. We got the disco <laughs> remix of Baby Sharks, <laughs> as Felix called it, Baby Sharks Fast. Yeah, yeah. very <laughs> and excited he got, about uh, that. He was very excited to hear Baby Shark Fast. So to be fair, I was too. 
Yeah, I mean, look, it it's my new jam. Sure, I could say to him, no, we're not going to listen. And, you know, I'll, like he'll tell me he wants to listen to five ping pongs on the radio. I'm like, well, there's not time. Let me listen to two. And I'm like, oh, you're a good boy. There's a third one. Brad wants to hear Baby Shark fast. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and basically I played Baby Shark specifically because I knew I was going to talk about it during the podcast about how ping pong and truck tunes and these things are just a part of my life and how I've seen the same episode of DuckTales six times. And as I told Brad earlier... It was like the fourth viewing that I realized that that episode of DuckTales was a parody of the movie The Warriors from the very early 80s slash late 70s. Warriors, come, come out and play. Yeah. yeah. And uh, okay. not not something you're familiar with, Will, or do you know the movie The Warriors? Uh, I'm, I'm familiar with the movie, but I have not seen it. Um, I should, considering. Yeah, that'd be a good, um, that's a good like movie night sort of movie. Yeah. You know, like second of a double feature. It's one of those movies that I've been like, for almost my entire life, I'm like, I really, sh- I really need to walk- get on this, yeah. and I just never do. I, don't uh, I, ha- I have the, good. I have. Yeah. It's all right. Yeah. Some of the visuals are cool. No, it's not great. No, but it's iconic. It's very iconic. Yeah, yeah exactly. So, uh, speaking of YouTubers, yeah. um, I now do a British podcast, a British gaming podcast um, for a company in Britain, and a lot of very old, crotchety British historical war gamers listen to this podcast, and a couple of them posted. Oh, what's with that new host? He's irritating as hell. Like, I believe the word they used was grating. And I was like, oh, are you talking about the guy who's got the voice that is, um, you know, he's really sick and he's sniffling the whole time. And a lot of people said that it was annoying. And they're like, no, the American guy. He just sucks. <laughs> oh, and I was oh. like, oh, well, I'm sorry. Um, is there something I can do to change? And they were like, oh, oh, I'm really sorry. I didn't realize that was you. And I was going, you know, it says it, Brad. It's still Brad. Um, <laughs> hey, how you doing? Um, they were like, oh, yeah, you just remind me of all the uh, the YouTube channelers that my kids watch it's like oh you're so cheerful and happy and like well sorry well that's the opposite of british they want you to be sad well they want me to be some sort of miserable button counter i think so but yeah people apologized and it was do you do you have a um christopher eccleston impression that you could try to wheel out because he's not particularly happy no i'm sure i could start saying oh i think you'll find uh but uh you know i think that's probably uh, yeah, no. Well, that's that a, the interesting thing about YouTube comments, and you know, it's also holds true for any kind of interaction on social media. The shows that I host for AfterBuzz, they're posted on YouTube initially, and there's a lot of comments, and I, I try to stay fairly active because I think it's good to engage the viewers, and they'll usually like if they say something negative, mm-hmm. I try to be somewhat positive, and if they're really mean, I always say the same thing. I always say, thanks so much. It's always so great to hear from our fans. Yep. And usually when you engage them in that kind of way, they'll usually backpedal. And it's very entertaining to have a back and forth where they backpedal a lot and then they decide that they like you. Yeah. Because you're like, oh, they, you know, they talk to me a lot. And as I talked about in a in a recent episode of the Blackcast, there was an episode of Marvel TV Weekly where we spoke to Patrick Meany about his film Chris Claremont's X-Men. Uh, before he was on the podcast and the comment on that episode was wow christian really likes to hear himself talk and i talked about this on the podcast well you remember you're here i i hate to hear myself talk actually uh but shut the fuck up yeah come on man jesus good point Blackcast. <laughs> Blackcast. <laughs> so uh but it's interesting i do like you know and some of it's good and then i like when people get into fights with each other mm. you know <laughs> it was like on the, so on the an episode of star trek weekly we talked about our favorite aliens on star trek and somebody picked seven of nine who's like a half borg half human and someone 
said, no, she's not alien. She's human. And there's a whole back and forth about, well, she's, she's half human. The semantics of nerd. Dumb. Yeah. She's on, and she's 150% hot though. I think, yeah, yeah, that's the correct you know, that, answer. Was that what everybody shit? just agreed on? And then the yeah. conversation was done. By, by the way, yeah. uh, as we meet her as a member of the cast of the Voyager, she is no longer Borg, but she still has some tendencies. And I don't give my mom credit for a lot of really great jokes, but she took one look at her and said, "Well." There's two technological enhancements that they didn't take out. So uh, I, always, I always have to give her credit for that. Uh, she's absolutely right, but Brad is also right. And uh, her hotness. You want to know how weird the world is, though. So Jerry Ryan was married to a, I believe, a, an Illinois state senator or maybe a, uh, a congressman. Paul Ryan. Not Paul Ryan. Oh, sorry. I just but that they, might make him a better person. They, <laughs> it probably would. It no, would definitely make him a better person. Jerry Ryan, they were, uh, in, they ended up in <laughs> a very, it doesn't matter who's in the chair. <laughs> just, so they got uh, wrapped up in a fairly public uh, controversy, a bit of a scandal. Her her husband was a part of, mostly because of... What did he do? Just say it. Was he a Republican? Like he was a Republican. So he so, was caught with a boy. No, 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 no. They, they, would, they invited people into their or home together. Prostitute. And at a time when people apparently did, you know, frowned on that. Now the president can bang porn stars. But this was a simpler time. Uh, yeah, right. Exactly. Well, yeah, I'm sorry. I th that is a little bit redundant, but you're absolutely right. It turns into, you know, his name was Jack Ryan, not to be confused oh, with... What a waste of a great name. Yeah. Seriously, right? Resign, you fuck. Yeah. <laughs> so, How dare you? It's John Krasinski. Yeah. We all know it. Yeah, so he was a candidate in the 2004 U.S. Senate race in Illinois. Okay. So here's how different kinds of nerddom converge. You have... Your nerds who know about science fiction, and then your nerds about politics. In this case, it is nerds about conservative politics. So, by Jack Ryan stepping aside, who becomes the state senator from Illinois? Barack Obama. So, Whoa. there are people who blame Jerry Ryan for the ascension of Barack Obama. There are people uh, that I have read comments on Facebook and that don't like her because of the. It's like I cut like and dry. More now. <laughs> you know well, there you go. Yeah, so uh, I, I find it to be very interesting. Donald Trump is now the president. Are they still angry? Uh, probably because like it's over now. They, so. they, yeah, but Trump still thanks Obaming. I mean, really? I mean, he's still talking about Hillary and winning the election and true. being the, and he won like a year and a half ago. Nobody, Stop it. Nobody wins elections better than me. Okay. <laughs> Uh, so anyway, so it's it's all circular, uh, uh, semi-logical. Wow, I didn't know that. Are yeah. we going to start talking about semis now that we said semi? Or, sorry, uh, I'm semi-soft at the no moment. Is that way. what we're going to talk about? Is that is that what your truck is the semi? Hey. Yeah. Uh, by the way, uh, our, our friend Jeff DeRay, who's not here, uh, he, his Twitter count is at 7,717. Yeah, I know it's, it's the bots, but he's, uh, he's kind of on fire right now. Um, if you look at his timeline, the one that I like the best was, it's been a lot of fun answering all your questions. I look forward to the next Q and A. Good night, folks. He had not been answering any questions at any point. <laughs> it's just, it was just a random post. And then, uh, he has my favorite one. 
110001001010010, etc. And then the next post is that last one was for the bots. So he knows what his audience is. Uh -huh. He's fully aware of it. Uh, nice. Anyway. So, so uh, you guys are actually, I mean, you guys made jokes about this, but you're actually fairly salty about the fact that his numbers are way bigger than yours because he cheated. But well, he so he didn't cheat. cheat. Someone cheated. Someone cheated, on, someone cheated on his behalf. Someone was injecting I'm, him with, uh, you know, online steroids. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, still looking at Matt and Casey. I really feel like it's yes. Matt and Casey. So large. Matt and Casey should own up to it. I think at this point, you really should. It's the least he can do. Is well, Hotgate 2018. Yeah, yeah. but it's I'm going to call Mueller. We're going to figure this shit out. Thanks, yeah. Obama. This is a, yeah, right. Thank you. I'm glad somebody said it. Anyway, so you know, just. A little, little circular logic, uh, some conversation uh, therein. Um, I don't quite know how we ended up there, but it's fun because we're talking about YouTube comments and people who don't like you. Uh, Will, how's your uh, social media interaction going? We talked recently about unwanted advances and such. Well, Have yeah. they diminished? Are they about the there's same? A, there's a difference. People, and that's the thing is like, and we start to have more and more of these conversations. Like there's really a difference between like comments and things you say and then direct messaging something to somebody mm -hmm. that's like, that's like deliberate. So like if I post a picture and girls and guys are saying like, looking good, whatever, whatever. And I don't, I rarely, I have a friend who's always like, you're always posting shirtless pictures of yourself. I'm like, look, but you do that Instagram like, you do that like once a year once, or something, like, right? Or twice a year. And yeah. it's usually captioned with like, I hate posting trying this. to be motivational, talking yeah. about fitness and certain things. And so <clears throat> whenever it's one of those or a green lantern thing or whatever, people might make small comments in the thing and that's fine you know what i mean but like when people send me a direct message and ask that i do something or they be able to do something to me that's when it's weird and it's it has not uh i mean it's it's it hasn't been continuing recently but that's probably also because i haven't really been posting a lot of those things yeah and somebody was like maybe if you don't post those kind of pictures you wouldn't get that kind of response and i was like that sounds a lot like yeah. like she was, she was asking, asking for it, for it. Yeah. Yeah. and then so he goes to another picture where i'm in my green lantern outfit. he's like is this the picture like is this what the comment was after and i was like no it's been going on for like a couple years you know what i mean like it's not this one <laughs> and it was like an older gay dude that responded to that and i was like i don't know how you have this perspective but it's interesting when you find the weird variations in ages and uh, what's appropriate or what people convince themselves is okay based on like when you were born and what society kind of taught you. You know what I mean? And now we're in a day and age where we're kind of trying to say like, no, we really want to open up all kinds of conversations and be able to drop these walls and not have this, well, it's just, just let it go. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's just a, the whole point is like, no, we want to get better. So right now we're not going to let it go. So that way it's better in the future. And you're still seeing, but it's usually of a certain age group. I think people, I mean, it's aging out for sure. And I think politics is the same way. Not that I'm going to take the conversation that way, but we're seeing that a lot too. So it's okay. It's fine. It's, it's fine. But right I now. just was kind of wondering because we had talked about it. Now, have you addressed it beyond the blackcast on any of the other platforms you're on, Motivation Report or elsewhere? Or do you just really talk about it here and maybe you put, write the posts about it? Hey, yeah. Like, hey, it's not okay to send these things. I actually haven't done it on my own podcast because I did an episode that I titled How to Be a Gentleman. Mm -hmm. uh, and it was basically like, you know, the games, that popular thing for like dudes my age and certain things. And I'm like, that's the fucking most preposterous thing I've ever seen because it continues to say like, hey, this woman over here is not a person. She's an object. So you attain right. the object by playing this game. And I'm like, 
that if you get her and somehow you marry her, like you'll have an unhappy marriage and things will be fucked. So the game doesn't just hurt you in the short run because it teaches you to treat women like objects. It hurts you in the long run because you have no idea how to fucking get along with girls. Yeah. So I kind of make the focus about things other than myself sometimes. There hasn't really been a reason for me episode-wise to really like blast it out because it's far and few between for me. It certainly happens, um, not as much as it might for a girl. And, and my followers are not so – I'm sure if I had 100,000 – then the numbers would go up. It happens periodically, and it's just like gross and awkward and uncomfortable, and I'm like, I don't know yeah. how to, I just leave it and decline the message or whatever. Right, I mean, I think that's the thing to do is to not engage yeah. with yeah. that person. Yeah, exactly, and, and I don't. It's just something that like I wanted to like say and be like, you kind of know who you are, yeah. so fucking don't do it. You right. know what I mean? Oh, like, yeah. And somebody sent me another message like, sorry if the last thing I said made you uncomfortable. Again, I ignored it, but I was like, yeah, you should. You yeah, feel but I mean, does does anyone ever respond positively to that? Um, so I was on a wargaming cast for a long time. It was an old Warhammer Fantasy cast, and one of the guys I was on the cast with, um, you know, I'm going to throw a compliment here, and it's going to sound weird because I'm sitting next to you, but um, he's a handsome man like you. Hey. Um, he's on literally. He's a model for billboards in uh, China right now for orthopedic mattresses. Because it's China, my guess was cigarettes. But anyway, move yeah, on. Yeah, well, no, he is. Um, but he's, you know, a big CrossFitter, loves his um, double-ups or whatever the hell those things are where you do like a pull-up over the top. And yeah. it's like, what, insane. But muscle he's, up. yeah, muscle-up. Thank you. He's Will, Will does fit. Will does them. Not right now. I don't. Yeah. Not at Planet Fitness. He's a big, but he's got massive thighs. And one of the things that he loves to do in Australia, um, so trades, tradesmen, uh, people who, construction workers, one of the things that they wear, and you know, I always feel like it's raining men should be playing whenever you walk <laughs> by a construction site, because they're all wearing short shorts, combat boots, and wife beaters. Like, that's the standard outfit. That's what everyone's wearing. And you're like, this is very circa 1970s bear. Like San Francisco <laughs> yes, with like the big beards and, you know, tattoos everywhere. And I'm like, oh my God, dude, you don't even realize the parody that you are living right now. And that's a stereotype. So Nick wears the tradie short shorts. Uh -huh. And he's known as Short Shorts Nick. That was his nickname. Well, he started getting really inappropriate messages through our Facebook page from a dude in the UK who was a big fan, apparently, of the show and of Nick's shorts. And so, you know, Nick leaned into it and they started this long conversation. And the dude sent Nick a box of sequined spandex short shorts. And he started wearing it to tournaments and events. <laughs> and he just wore them all the time. And you were like, Jesus Christ, I really don't need to know what religion you are when you wear your shorts. Right. Um, but he posted pictures of them on the page and it just went away after a while. But unfortunately, those shorts are still with us. So um, he still has them. Nick, and they Nick come is out. a straight guy or a gay guy? Uh, he's... I, I, I don't know he if says he's straight. Okay. No, no, he says he's straight, but uh, the rest of us look at him skeptically. No, he's got a very attractive. Perhaps um, he's just. Uh, perhaps he's girlfriend. just bi-coastal. The way Nick jokes, who knows? So, yeah, uh, but no, he's he's very straight. He's very old school um, off air, but he's very funny on air, and uh, he definitely leans into everything. But it was like, yeah, I'm gonna have some fun with this, and uh, but there was a discussion that we had. We may have had a lot of beers when we had it, but he was like, you know, fuck it, I'm going to go for it. And I was like, okay. Yeah. Um, the thing for me is I did, I leaned into it for a while too. And I, I, but you shouldn't have to. No, you shouldn't. And that's the, that's the first thing. And then after a while, I just got tired of it because for me, yeah. I endeavor to be an actor and be somebody that ideally can make my living as a performer and as somebody in the entertainment industry. And I don't want to be seen as the, just like that thing or a thing or, the funny guy from that show or the person that people are allowed to talk to in X way. 
So it's not that I started pushing back. It's just that I stopped participating and yeah. allowing it to happen as much because I was like, it's something that there is a, a bit of being complicit in allowing it to happen if yeah. you sort of don't do anything, especially if you're a straight white dude who is in a position to not let it. Mm -hmm. um, but what starts as something that you kind of laugh with and, and steer into because you think it's funny and okay and normal can kind of outwear its welcome when it's a joke that just keeps going on that like even just from a content standpoint, I'm yeah. like, what if we just like change this? Yeah, exactly. Because it's just... I'm bored of it. You know what I mean? Like it actually didn't bother me in the beginning, but now I'm a little tired yeah. of it as a gag because it's just not funny because it's been the same thing forever and ever and ever. I feel like there's a few Liam jokes like that on this cast. That right. sort of never went away. <laughs> well, like him, yeah. him, but then he shows up and he continues to prove to be the person that we've said yeah, exactly. all along. <laughs> so that Right, and, and, and he's stone cold sober. So it's like, well, you can't really yeah. lean on any of those crutches. Right. But he also, of course, plays it up when he's around yes. us yeah, in is. particular. I don't know the, how many people in his life he gets to kind of be like that now because I feel like where he works now is a lot more corporate and buttoned down so sure he can cut loose and be himself but yeah. I do think that there's a lot more at stake now there was literally nothing at stake in his life when he worked with us yeah. right you know and so uh, we know him in sort of a very specific capacity uh, Brad you know this sort of ties back to you what, something you and I were talking about earlier how your frame of reference kind of gives you a different perspective so your age group and things like that you had an interesting observation about the first Beastie Boys album, which I will admit oh, yeah. and I haven't heard in a very long time because you honestly were like punk rock before they were hip hop? No, no they were they were they were never oh, yeah. punk rock. It was like just No, they had it, a punk rock album before license. Before to license till. All right, so you're absolutely right. But I'm talking about the first one that anybody Cookie knows. Puss. Yeah, yeah we, that's what it's called. delicious right. ice cream cake. Oh, it anyway. is that's it. Really. And at St. Patrick's Day Cookie Oswald's a bit about the Cookie Puss. Right. And yeah. of course Cookie Opus on St. Patrick's Day. you're right about that. I not as deep on the uh, Beastie Boys uh, catalog, but that album I haven't listened to any of it in a long time, mostly because uh, it's nasally and really annoying. But yeah. uh, you had an observation about kind of all the songs on that album, basically. Yeah, so I, I listened back to it. I, I, so a couple of years ago, I, I was a DJ for a really long time. And a couple of years ago, a friend of mine in Australia who knew that invited me to DJ a hip hop night. And they wanted me specifically to either open or close the night. And they wanted me to do like old school anthems, but they wanted like an American perspective from the eight, like the eighties. They didn't want, you know, they didn't want the big hip hop. Like they had real hip hop DJs that were going to do the main bit, but they wanted like early crazy stuff. And so I was going back through the fat boys run DMC public enemy, you know, little LL cool J def jam in the motherland. Oh, you knew it. Yeah. Like, I, I know. There. I know. I Oh, I did. Had Ice yeah. Tea, Ice Cube. Like I just, I went all to the, the ices. I went to the really big. The did big you stuff. have my favorite Ice Man, Bobby Drake? Was he there? I did not, but I did have Dell the Funky Homo Sapien. Like there was all some right, fun right, stuff in right. there. Um, I, I feel Black like. Sheep. Like you know, just fun stuff. But I was like, you know what? This is Australia. There's a hell of a lot of white people here. I figured old school Beastie Boys would probably work. And so I didn't have the tape anymore or the CD or whatever. But you so didn't have the I tape downloaded either. License to Ill and I started listening to it. And I realized that every fucking song on that album is completely inappropriate. And there's a reason. And then I remembered hearing an interview with those guys years later where they were saying, we're actually really sorry and we won't play this. And if you, it's all like, I'm going to drink the beer. I'm going to fuck the girl. I'm going to shoot the girl's dad because he has AIDS. Um, and I'm going to punch my teacher because she's asking me to do my homework. And well, I'm that last one's out. fair. You're a teacher, so you're biased on that. The rest yeah, of us slightly, know that. Yeah, slightly yeah. biased. But it's like beat up the kid with glasses. And it's not like one reference per song. 
every song is entirely about that. And it brought me back to my childhood to a degree because when my kid sister was born, I stopped getting presents really. And it became all about her. But my parents sort of compensated for giving her like a bucket of chocolate on Easter. They were like, oh, we'll get you a tape. 80s. So I got... Um, <laughs> Trust me, I still yeah. didn't have a CD player until the year 2000. Oh yeah, dude, I hear you. Um, so I got like Purple Rain, I got Thompson Twins Into the Gap, and I had all these, you know, fun albums that I always got for Easter. But I knew it was the first time, and I can remember it clearly, that I realized that my mother was full of shit, was when she bought me that album, gave it to me for Easter of all of the holidays, and said, I love this album. It's great. You should listen to it. And I actually listened to it. And I was listening to the words as a kid, not understanding like 99% of the like drug references and everything else <laughs> going, wow. No, this mom has definitely not listened to this album. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I mean, just listening to the song Girls, I was like, uh, yeah, no. Three, three at a time, I want girls. Yeah. I don't understand what's wrong with that because- well, I didn't I look, even understand it. I was like nine. Like, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a married man now, but you know, I can understand for the, for the single fellas out there or the single ladies if you want three at a time yeah, girls. Yeah, Good for you. Yeah, exactly. You know? Uh, but I don't know, it's just, it's interesting to think about because at least viewed in the rearview mirror, it's kind of like an iconic moment when people really discovered that band, yeah. but it doesn't necessarily hold up. And you run into that with yeah. movies a lot. Well, the, the slur for homosexuals that starts with an F yeah. is thrown around in like the Goonies. You got the, oh, yeah. you got the N word in the bad news bears and it's a really funny joke too. It, you know, oh, but I don't remember that. Well, oh, Jackie or Haley gets that. One. Not yeah, No, he doesn't say it. It is, it is a white kid that says it, but they talk about how bad the team is and they list off, you know, the spaz, the fat kid, the, this, oh, the, that, wow. the N word. It's, it's out of a kid's mouth. So it's super funny in the seventies when you see it and then you see it now and you're like, yeah. Oh yeah. That yeah. album, like that album was amazingly topical at the time. And I mean, Rick Rubin produced it yeah. and it's, it's the music and it's fantastic because um, as we were talking about earlier, it's it's entirely sampled from like Led Zeppelin and all these wonderful oh, yeah. like rock albums and you're like classic rock songs. I learned classic rock by listening to that album. Yeah, and listening to listening to Led Zeppelin albums for the first time, you know, a couple of years after that, you hear like, oh my god, that's the beginning from oh that's yeah. from the yeah. yeah, and it's that's Ryman and Steelin. It's like an that. amazing thing that that album and their next album, Paul's Boutique. Just a couple years later, yeah. you wouldn't have been able to make them because you would have had to pay royalties and publishing to everybody. But you could just literally steal it at that point, and you just sample. So, well, just I sampled it. It's yeah. fine, uh, and it's it's funny to think about because it's dated in that way, where it's yeah. like, oh, these are the most amazing samples I've ever heard uh, because we didn't pay for them. No, exactly. And and Public Enemy's Wall of Sound, like yeah. they're famous for it. Um, the shock, like, Hank Shockley, the guy who did like most of the backing music for the classic Public Enemy albums. There's literally like eight layers of samples on top of one another. Like Brothers Gonna Work It Out has like Prince wailing and like a riff from a different Prince guitar riff from a different song and like a bunch, all these things combined together on top of a drum track. And it just makes this fantastic sound that you literally can't make now. But people also, I don't think have an ear, well, I'm sure some people do, but like I was listening to, I was listening to Public Enemy. I made it like I have various playlists, and I just made like a more like old school mm. hip hop playlist. And was listening to it the other day, and even just like Tupac and like stuff even into the '90s, you were like, 
nobody produces the way that they used to produce yeah. hip-hop. Now you hear like DJ Mustard and all these guys who got to put their name all over the fucking track 10,000 times. <laughs> yes. In the, like DJ Khaled. And everything sounds... The mm-hmm. And it's... I think also because we're also like balanced by this obsession with EDM. So like hip-hop... There's still plenty of good hip-hop out there, but just mm. like... I don't know. It doesn't have yeah, I don't the same kind of... It's good lyrical stuff. So like Kendrick mm. Lamar and... J. Cole and guys like that. But like, yeah, there was something about it that like had this sort of unrestrained aspect of it. And the BC Boys, that's kind of was the thing, License to Ill was like, there's this great documentary on Netflix uh, about the history of hip hop. I think it's like a four part episode thing. And like the BC Boys is like basically like white people's like way into hip hop culture. Oh yeah. Because before that it was like pretty specific and East Coast based. Mm -hmm. And BC Boys were East Coast based too. But like having that when it was like kind of rock hip hop was like that thing that then sort of opened it made It made it okay for the the suburbs to have some of the sounds of, you know, early hip hop. And look, the the whitest thing that happened to rap that made it okay for the white kids who felt comfortable listening to it oh, yeah. was Will Smith because yeah. it was parents was just it? don't understand. Well, think about Fresh it. Prince, well, no, like, was the gap bridger because of the show. Too. Because well, of the show, Aerosmith and Run DMC. Uh, yeah, you way. have that, but that's '84, and so by the yeah. late '80s, like '88, yeah, you have true. parents just don't understand. So, and yeah, that's you know Run DMC. It's a little bit, but you know it was like. Okay, but it's just like, oh, it's so safe and it's fun. It's these funny songs. And yeah, yeah the true. TV show did so much for it. So Listen, I still test summertime is a legit great. Song. That's oh, a great jam. And by the way, I it's like not a lot it's of DJ Jazz Jeff and the Fresh Prince. Yeah. You do or don't? I do. Yeah. Do you they like a lot of good stuff? They've made a lot of albums and people only ever cite a handful of goofy songs. Uh, like, I Nightmare like Nightmare on My Street, which I, is great. I was just gonna mention Nightmare <laughs> on My Street with which they got sued for, right? No. Oh, yeah, yeah. They got sued for that. The licensed one was a Fat Boys one, Had Are You Ready for Freddy, which actually had uh, Robert England in it. So, yeah. The Nightmare on My Street, they got sued for it. And I think that they just had to slightly change. It's fine. They had Emmys and money. They were fine. Yeah. Well, well. Emmys, I'm sorry. Grammys. Were they fine or was Will fine? (laughs) Will was fine. Will was fine. Jesse Jeff, I think, made his money. I think he did all right. Yeah, sure. They got back together recently. Good for them. Do some tour stuff. (laughs) Oh, I just figured it would have been for like a four minute sketch on no, Jimmy Fallon that seems to be where you know those sort of reunions happen as but on you, The Tonight Show but you're right and it goes even further than that because Fresh Prince was on when I was really little and then it was in syndication forever sure, so forever. I grew up watching yeah. it when it was new and in syndication yeah. and Will Smith became a box office like a mega star towards the end of that show yeah. and then that's when like Men in Black and Independence, Independence Day, Day was coming yeah. out and so Big Willie Style was the album that dropped like right around those movies. So yeah. like Miami and all that stuff mm-hmm. was like, well, I, that, I was, I mean, I was probably 10 yeah. or yeah. so when that came out. It was like 97, 98. And it was just like, that was the fucking amazing. And the Willennium was the first CD I ever had yeah. when I finally got a CD player. Finally got a CD player. Yeah. Uh, you I know- still write Will 2K on cups at parties to this day. I've, nice. I've actually seen that. You know, uh, my first CD, it was actually before I even had a CD player, I got it shortly thereafter. Kiss, Smashes, Thrashes, and Hits. That's right. You Remember you told me that. With Let's Put the X in Sex. Uh-huh. It's a great and song. You Make Me Rock Hard. Those were the two new songs. It was a greatest hits collection, and they added these two new songs. And you're like, 
Look what you did to a perfectly good greatest hits collection. Christian. You added the two worst songs you've Love's ever done. Love's like a muscle, and it makes me want to flex. Okay, okay? that's fair. Oh, that's wow. fair. That's fair. No, no, no. You know what? I'm sure that song is held up by 2018 standards. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I well, I, I bounced back in and out of the United States. So I was living you know, on, in Boston in a fairly hoity-toity town, but on the edge of a fairly rough area. And so there was that whole, I was there, and then I was in Japan. So I kind of... My entrance and exit to rap back then was, you know, very. So I got some of this, and I didn't get others. So I miss most of um, the Fresh Prince because I was overseas or right. in different places. But um, you know, I remember like the beat. Just to quickly go back to the Beastie Boys, "License to Ill Tour" was sponsored by Budweiser, and it became like that album. Or, you know, you look back, and it became like the Yo Bro yeah. or the Yo Dude, whatever we call those guys. Just the Bros. Bro That's dude, what I, I would just call them, Bros. Yeah. The Bro guy, like that was their <laughs> tour, and they loved it. But I remember getting hell from those guys uh, just a couple years later when I wore my Public Enemy tour jacket to school, and it was. Don't you know you're white? Like, how dare you, like, listen to that? And I'm like... White guys were saying that to you? Oh, yeah. I got it constantly. And this is... This is is Massachusetts, not Tokyo. This is in Boston. Okay. Yeah, Yeah. this is in Boston. And people were like, don't you know you're, you know, you're a white dude. What are you doing? What are you doing, you queer? You're a white... You're a white queer, not a black queer. Well, I had shoulder-length fire engine red hair. So (laughs) I was getting called a queer all the time. I still have scars. Like, you can see them (laughs) on my knuckles right now from fighting my way out of the locker room because I went to uh, an all-boys hockey breeding school. Wow. um, For one year. And they asked me to leave very quickly. And I left very quickly. (laughs) But it was miserable. I learned to fight in school. um, And then I became a bouncer later. And it was like, hey, turns out I still know how to fight. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and by the way, we would be remiss if we talked about white kids discovering uh, hip hop and we didn't give a shout out to Jason Blair, who is our very our resident MC mm-hmm. who has an album. And uh, he's like, why are they not talking about Jodeci? Or as Will would say, Jodakai. Oh, wow. I was drunk and that was years ago. One year ago. and well, you, one year ago. It was one year ago and you were drunk. Because it was when... It, was it? It was when he was here, wasn't it? Wasn't no, that one? it was the oh. Super Bowl a couple years ago. Yeah, it was just one year ago, wasn't it? Anyway, <laughs> it was like one and a half years ago. But anyway, that's not the point. Uh, so we welcome his feedback because we'll have to dip into the mailbag again. I feel like we're going to have a very lengthy missive about the history of hip-hop for white kids, you know? Mm. Like, what what do the kids roll to in Indiana? You know, that's what right. we need to... But, I mean, that's kind of what we're talking about. Well, you know? And it's funny because Eminem really blew up when I was about that yeah. age, and I... 98, 99, uh, and Dr. Dre, I mean, he'd been around forever, obviously, but like the chronic and all that stuff that came out and the chronic changed everything. Yeah. And Marshall Mathers LP, but like Eminem's like even older stuff was like really, really homophobic. A lot of hip hop is super homophobic. Oh, it is. It's awful. Like I have randomly like old DMX songs on my workout playlist because I'm like, yeah. And I actually listen to the lyrics and I'm like, well, he's such a hateful human being. Yeah. So it's like, it's hard for me to listen to them. Oh God. Yeah. Yeah. They're really, really bad. And it's funny because like we're putting everywhere, like hoisting everybody up and trying to like rake people over the coals. And there's so much that belongs in different music that like really affects a present day mindset that nobody's really going after. And it's not like, yeah, it's not like it's that. But I would think that a lot of these guys who are trying to be a part of these movements to better things would be like, listen, sorry about, my angsty, young, mm. homophobic self. Like, yeah. there's nothing wrong with owning up to stuff and then being like, we're going to be better moving forward. Isn't that the whole point? Like the Beastie Boys do. Yeah, right, exactly. Yeah. Get, get in front of it and then just get it out of the way. That's right. Well, that was one of the things I always loved about Public Enemy. If you listen to their music, they rarely, I mean, they're never like, gay people are bad yeah. or women are bad. 
their one, I think, really critical song of women was people need to stop sitting at home watching television. They need to get out and be active. Yeah. And like that was the message of the song. Well, it wasn't right. that women are evil. Right. And their message in general isn't even, it's not like you're chalking it up to, oh, the white man is bad. It's really just, you know, hey, yeah. black youth, why don't you take it upon yourself to better your situation or be exactly. a positive influence like you know do these things you or know speak up against injustice mm -hmm. you know Which which we did could... a good job at that too so yeah yeah, yeah absolutely that new absolutely. album obviously the most but even still mm -hmm. their old stuff is the same way absolutely who knew that we would talk so much about hip-hop on the black cast i Listen. think that's the first hey. it's, it's out of my and comfort without zone without the punisher hottest hip-hop in the beat yeah. uh, you know how mad he's gonna be too <laughs> yeah. you got to think about it it's true the guy who is uh, who is in charge of the hottest hip-hop in the bean captain eo is at work. I forgot that I didn't actually explain his absence. Uh, Will, you got him a job. I he mean, he, now he, podcast he got I'm himself a job, for years. but you helped him. Well, he has the skills. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's his so thing. I just sent his resume in. We're all in that building time. at different times of the day. Uh, and you and Jeff are going to be there, you know, more often than you I'm planning my slow takeover of podcast one. Great. I mean, I'm just there. And you by know. that, I mean running it into the ground. <laughs> I mean, that's that's one way to do it. You know, you could have it as a tax write-off at that point. So we're very happy for Captain Eo. Yes. This is his first week. Literally, as we we're recording this, his first day was yesterday. Yeah. So he doesn't really have much wiggle room in his schedule. He'll still be able, you know, like Will, your schedule, you know, it's like, oh, yeah, I can do Tuesday morning or Thursday late afternoon, that sort of thing. He'll, he'll have some availability. So we'll still be able to have him and uh, we'll still plan for next week to be our big infinity war wrap up even uh, by the time this airs next, next week, we'll week be would be infinity war wrap. I, I don't even understand what you're saying i'm saying That's next week i'm saying TARDIS. next week stuff. yeah I, I don't know you can you can take the tardis wherever you want okay. i'm just where i am where later this week Infinity War will be in theaters. Can I just say that you guys, I think, are getting it before us, you bastards. We know. Well, no, screw you. You get everything before us. So the fact that we're you getting get it one on video before us, you always get video. Before yeah, but us. you get things in the theater first. Like, yeah, we got Star Wars a week early. Whoa! Last year it was awesome. Oh, I'm sorry, uh, but yeah. hey, no, we get, you get Infinity War first, and I want Black you get Captain so, America. You get so many sort of movies before anymore. us. You would check in at a movie theater and be posting how you saw a movie. I'm like, that doesn't come out for like two weeks, that jerk. And what I what actually hurts more is my wife hates going to movies opening weekend, so we usually go the week after it comes out. Right. There was Sorry. a there was a Twitter uh, headline today because sometimes I just go through different places for like news and what's trending. People are rewatching the Last Jedi now that it's out and changing their minds about it. So you have been curious I, about watching it. I've said maybe you'll like it. This I, no, I, I I didn't see it we'll a second like time. I didn't see it a second time in the theater, and I did want to because I wanted to experience it in the theater without crying babies. Not just mine, because I went to the Mommy and Me screening. Uh, but I, I do want to watch it again, and I, I always say that those second movies, those kind of movies, it's great. It's better the second time because yeah. I'm able to just relax and enjoy it and not be like, but what's happening now? You know, yeah, exactly. You, especially if you know where the story's going. You're like, yeah. all right, let me appreciate the nuances a little bit better. Um, I'm I'm never gonna be okay with Luke milking that thing and drinking it. I, that's I, nobody will. Yeah, that's <laughs> fine. I just okay. let it go. All right, like, good. Yeah. All right, as long as it's not just me. Yeah. I really enjoyed that movie more the second time, and I liked it the first time. My wife and I walked out, and we both loved it. But I was like, you know what? Will it hold up a second time? I actually thought I would like it a lot less the second time. Right. Um, but then again, you and I have very different opinions on Star Wars movies. I. Really, it was okay with um, The Force Awakens right. the first time. I, I didn't like it till yeah, way Will's, later. Will's that we'll way. Probably yeah. The same. Yeah, yeah, but Rogue One was maybe my favorite Star Wars movie next to Empire. 
and I love them. Oh, see, I right. Like he didn't like. You know, I, I, I liked. I liked Rogue One. I thought it was really well done. Will and I are on the same page with Return of the Jedi. But it was like a World War II commando movie where everyone yeah. dies, except it's That's what Star I liked Wars. About. I love yeah, that. I'm love glad that. that they leaned into that. The guy who did the rewrites, I can't remember his name, but the guy who basically changed that movie was like Jimmy what, Rewrite. What they presented him was like he was like it was like unwatchable. Like Ugh. it's like it was so bad that like that was a movie that in reshoots and rewritings like they did manage to save. You find the movie sometimes in the, yeah. in the reshoots, yeah. Well, that's what I'm hearing has happened with Solo. They brought in Ron Howard yeah. to read to direct the end of it and reshoot it and to do everything, and apparently now it's really come good. Uh -huh. And having looking at the ads, especially, have you guys seen the recut to Sabotage? I don't know if you guys saw Yeah, they uh, recut everything to Sabotage. <laughs> yeah. well, I was a joke yeah. about that. You did but write that about that. really good. They yeah, did a that is one cool. recut to Sabotage. <laughs> did they? And, and yeah. it's, yeah. Well, make your point about Sabotage. Since, since we're talking about the Beastie Boys. They used yeah. it in the Star Trek Beyond trailer. And everyone was like, why is there sabotage in Star Trek? And like everyone was so angry. And then it was actually in the movie. And they were well, like, it was, why so is it actually in the movie? It was, it was in the 2009 Star Trek. Yeah. Uh, he's driving the car, uh, young yeah, Jim Trek. Right. And it's like on the, it's on the oldie station. That's right. And then also it's again in, in Star Trek Beyond. In Beyond. So yeah. it's in both of the movies. It's right. not like it's not in the movie. You right. know? Yeah. So everyone was so like critical. And then it's like, yeah. look at this fan recut of Rogue One to sabotage. And everyone's like, I can't wait. <laughs> and I was like, oh my God. And then they're like, look at this fan recut of Solo to sabotage. And I was like, everyone here can go fuck themselves. <laughs> because in the Star Trek, like it or not, the J.J. Abrams Star Trek, sabotage works for those fucking movies. I don't yeah. care if yeah. you're like, if they make you mad because you don't like that version of Star Trek. Yeah, exactly. But that aside, they work for that version of Star Trek. Sorry, it's all flashy yeah. and shit. Like, it's fine. It doesn't bother me. No. But, well, I'm just excited. I mean, in Rogue One, the, one of my favorite parts of that movie, and I think the favorite part of everyone in that movie who's seen it, is Vader. We finally get yeah, that was scary cool. fucking that Vader. That was the best. Yeah. But what we got in the most recent solo cut that they've just done, or the, the most recent trailer, is we're getting, we're actually getting, like, hot, sexy Lando. Yes. Just like we, we've always wanted. Right. Not that Billy D. I mean, he just naturally was. But he exudes that, it, yeah. We're getting young, sexy Lando. And Chewbacca like smashing a guy into the ground by his head. Yes. And you're just like, we get scary Chewy too. Right. This movie just like, <laughs> please keep taking bits of my childhood and like giving us the promise that we always assumed was yeah. there. Because Chewbacca's just been walking around, you know, shooting guys with a giant gun. But you rarely, you know, picks people up and does his thing. But you never get that the real violence of it. Yeah. And we'll, okay. He's like... And in the ad, they're like, oh, yeah. He's like, how do you know how to fly? He's like, I'm 190. And he's like, you're 190? Man, yes. you look good for that. And like, that's young Han. But you look up Chewie, and he's just literally dropping a dude on his head, like smashing him. And you're like, that, now I want to see this movie. Yeah. I want to see it right now. And Give it to me. Will, Will and I have talked about this. Uh, the ultimate realization of what you're talking about, you know, taking the thing from your childhood and delivering on the promise of greatness will be whenever we finally get this Boba Fett movie, who's this oh, character yes. that people love, but he, he doesn't do anything. No, he's, he's so lame. He, almost, he looks, he looks he so, he looks so awesome. Yeah. It's amazing. That's the only reason people yeah. like him. Yeah. He looks but, cool when he's And it's just him. like, man, wouldn't it be great if he if he did anything? Yeah. Like, I'm I'm always critical of Star Trek Generations because you finally get Captain Kirk and Captain Picard together. And what do they do? They make breakfast. Well, you know what? That's more than Boba Fett. If Boba Fett makes breakfast, <laughs> yeah, exactly. puts on a little chef hat, with I'll watch son. that. Yeah. Yeah, that's fine. Or no, his dad. His dad. Jango, yeah, yeah, with yeah, Jango yeah. Fett. Baby yeah. Boba making yeah. breakfast. But you have to imagine that, like, whenever we get that Boba Fett and he's, like, going to be such a badass and it's going to be so cool, we all know his story ends like a little bitch. 
You know what I mean? Like, but no matter he? what because happens, there have we been, know like that Like, in he... the comics, he's been pulled in well, multiple versions so in, of in, the yeah, canon. Issue, issue number 81 of Star Wars, the Marvel oh, comics. sorry. He, no, no. I he fly, the movies he flies out of the Starlock pit. But, no, at the end of the issue, he goes back in the Starlock pit. Which is kind of, well, because they're just like. friends with it? No, because they got to leave him there because they don't know what was going to happen. So, you know, we can assume that he's he dies in there. You know, I mean, especially yeah. because any kind of expanded universe continuity does not exist right. anywhere, especially well, in Star they canceled Wars. Canceled it all, right? Yeah, they they, yeah. they shook it all. Yeah. So in canon, Dengar. So I'm going to be super the, late, oh, okay. Bounty hunter, one of the other bounty hunters, is that he's tied to Solo's youth, and like there's a wreck, and that's why Dengar is all bandaged up and all banged up, is because. Han apparently wrecked his speeder during a race. Now there's a lot of race footage and a lot of nerds are like, Ooh, are we going to get Dengar? And I'm like, man, I okay, consider myself is- a nerd, but I never considered that for a second. Yeah. So. But I was like, I was like, man, of all the things that people want from that movie, can we get something else from solo <laughs> and sexy Lando and badass Chewbacca is what I want. So anyway, yeah. So look, we've got some uh, great movies in the weeks ahead. Uh, you know, looking forward to solo. I mean, it's great that infinity war comes first because I would be looking past Solo and to some extent Deadpool yeah. if yeah. Infinity War was after them, you know? So it's like, I can get Infinity War and then I'll be able to focus on the other movies. Even though it sounds crazy, will it do as well as Black Panther? Avengers 2, not so... not so. No, I mean, it might so. not. Avengers 2 was not I mean, good. it did fine. It was not a good movie, but like... It yeah, did it's not even a point. Box yeah. office-wise. But like, I'm wondering if like... I don't know. We're seeing this shift. I mean, Justice League did poorly, but none of those movies leading up to it, except for Wonder Woman, really gave anybody confidence that it was going to be any good. Yeah. yeah. So I'm just interested to see. I mean, it's going to do fine. Trust me, it's going to make oh, two yeah. fucking billion yeah. dollars. But like, Black Panther's been but such it a is, phenomenon. It has Black Panther in it. Right. It has Guardians in it. It's. I mean, Thor was such a such a hit because yeah. it was it, it pulled that franchise out of the garbage yeah. and i mean it's got the whole, it's got everyone it's yeah. got everybody that's why I'm, and, yeah. and and the fact that black panther's in it and some of the billboards show him i think that'll help because black panther the standalone movie definitely got people that don't typically see superhero movies yeah. you know because yeah. you you see that it, it was a little bit more of a phenomenon and you're not necessarily going to get that when it's a movie that has him but you're going to get so many people people who maybe didn't keep up on all the marvel movies people like sometimes get Marvel fatigue. I've heard that. I don't know anyone who uh-huh. gets that way. No, I don't, I don't know anyone. But you see this, you're like, oh, that's kind of cool that it's like everybody. Yeah. So except uh, Ant Man, he's in it. Uh, I thought he'd be saving they, him for the next. They're one. saving him because his movie's in like July, June or July. Yeah. yeah. So I think that they they oh, kept him out of it. it. He might be in it. He was briefly, supposed to be same with Captain Marvel, but they moved. They cut their parts and moved him to the next part. Oh, oh smart. Have All you right. seen the green Marvel suit? Captain the Captain Marvel, Marvel suit. As her yeah, suit, but it's green. Yeah, yeah. I did see I that. have seen that. my generation, like in Christian's generation, comic readers, we didn't have green suits. No, well, the, and the she, cre- she was, yeah. but she was also Ms. Marvel, uh, you yeah. know, because that's Carol Danvers, not Captain Marvel. Captain Marvel was several different characters. No, exactly. uh, originally so, a DC Comics character. Yes. That they kind of just stopped calling him that because they didn't want to confuse anybody. They don't want, yeah, you, so he, that's Shazam. Oh, yeah, Shazam. of course. Yeah, Shazam, Shazam is Captain Marvel, but it's like, Shazam, I'm going to say Shazam's a cooler name, though. It, that's the name of like the wizard, so it just like became this easier thing, and it was more catchy than Captain Marvel, especially yeah. So yeah. Okay, so the rumor is, and I'm assuming it's still happening, but it may not be that uh, was it. Black Adam is going to be a movie. Yeah, with the Rock. With the Rock. I what mean, if they thoughts? do a Shazam movie, then that'll set it up. Okay. For sure. So the Rock would show up, maybe. And the... the thing about Black Adam is that he's like unequivocally like a tyrant warlord dictator who murders tons of people. He's like yeah. if Stalin had superpowers. Yep. 
is horrible. Which so is like, why would The Rock want to be that? I was exactly. I'm like, you also can't spin him into being like a chaotic good character unless they just did it for the movie. But in the comic books, he's like just he's always been one of like the worst people ever. He's horrible. The last time The Rock was a villain was Scorpion, Scorpion King, and King. it was fucking terrible. And then they spun it off so he could not be the yeah. villain. Yeah, and it was fucking terrible. Yeah, it was awful. Yeah, so I but. Well, you, you even saw Walking Tall in the theater where he carries I, around. I the, also saw Walking right? Tall. So I, we're sitting, uh, sharing a microphone. The only two people that I know that saw that movie in theater. You the movie's like because 70 I, minutes or something, right? I had a crush on Ashley Scott, who played Helena, a.k.a. the Huntress, in the short-lived WB Birds of Prey television oh, show. Oh, okay. She was his, like, yeah, girlfriend or wife or something in that yeah. movie. Girlfriend. And that's Love pretty much just, why I saw yeah. it. Yeah, because I always thought she was the hottest chick ever. Oh, look because at that. Of hundreds. Well, uh, we we covered a lot of ground. We talked about hip hop. We yeah. talked about the usual nerd stuff. And you know, it it, it is a, it is criminal that we talk about hip hop without Captain EO here. You know, but thanks, Obama. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but well, you know, we'll, Jerry Ryan. We'll, yeah. Jerry Ryan is really the. It's fault really of all of this. it's really you Jerry Ryan. That, we wouldn't have Jerry gotten Ryan's any of fault. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, uh, rare for the black cast, but I thought it would be nice to go out on sort of a heartfelt note. Uh, for each of you guys, I thought you might be able to share with somebody listening. You know, let's just say you've each gone, you know, Will's very well documented. You've gone through hard time, you know, and you feel, yeah. I feel like you've come out the other side. Yeah. Brad also went through a hard time. You have a lovely wife, uh, Kirsten. Uh, so uh, I thought that, uh, you know, just maybe, I don't, you never know what's going on in the private lives of people who listen to any podcast. So if you have anything that you take away from that kind of experience that you think might be helpful for somebody, whichever one he wants to go first, it doesn't have to be sure. super serious, but it also doesn't have to be funny. Don't feel like you have to make it a joke. I just thought it's a, it's kind of a rare opportunity. We've got, got these two guys who maybe can, can uh, give some, uh, shed some light onto situations that uh, might be plaguing some of our listeners. My biggest thing is like, is work to discover your authenticity because it really, it's easy for us to define ourselves by the people that we're surrounded by and by our influences. I mean, we're not really ever going to be 100% authentic things. We're just little amalgamations of our influences. But through all that, if you look and you do the work to find out who you are and why you are the way that you are or talk to a therapist or something like that, it's helpful to distill a lot of that and kind of come to a more clear understanding of who you are as a person and not who you are as defined by your relationship or by your friendships, but where you stand independently of those things and then where you can contribute. So as opposed to sort of looking at yourself as something that's just kind of floating and bouncing between people and different relationships and things like that. Think of how other people, if you're in the center, think of how other people are attached to you and right. how you move out from there as opposed to how you can just exist in all these weird spaces and have no sort of sense of interconnectivity and that interconnectivity is your truth you know what i mean and i keep making these stupid hand gestures no one but can see them but i appreciate that's, that. that's what i spent two years doing even while i was married was i was just like i feel like i i've never been single but and i learned very quickly in my brief period being single because now i, I have a, a girlfriend i was not interested in like the casual sex aspect of it yeah. like oh it's gonna be great like banging hot yeah. chicks that was super hard pun intended um sorry had to, had to go with that one super difficult and it <laughs> what it was was that i really just needed to find out who i was as a person outside of this relationship that had defined me for so long and i found that person and that's 
uh, the biggest part of the reason that I left that relationship and it was mutual, but that was my reasoning for leaving because I was like, I want to just explore who this person is. And I found somebody who I'm with, who I'm very happy with. Um, but that doesn't feel taken away because I've found it and I've established it. And so now I can, that's something that's understood going into my new relationships. So find your authenticity, I suppose. Right. And uh, Brad, to give you a minute to collect your thoughts, I'm wondering, does having like a good solid distraction, does that help? Or is it just maybe do you, I've never experienced anything quite on that level. I mean, you know, I've had breakups that I took really hard when, uh, when I was hey. like, uh, I don't know, like 19 Ding. or whatever, but you know, it's not the same, you know? So it's like, I don't really know, you know, I mean, what, what do you find, uh, works in that sort of situation? Well, Brad? a following up from such an articulate expression from will is tough, but then B, um, I mean, I think it's really important to remember just because I went through, um, a divorce and it was a really hard time in my life. It shouldn't take away from people would always say, Oh, I never, I never went through anything like that. I, I can't relate. And I, I feel like that's not an accurate experience just because look, there are relationships that are very strong in our lives and they are a very big part of who we are. And if those relationships end for one reason or another, um, it changes who we are and the way we see the world. And it's difficult. And to it, it's, it's, it's disingenuous sometimes to say, oh, I've been through this and you wouldn't understand. Um, I find that that's really belittling of other people's experiences. So I, I think absolutely you've had, I know you've had some hard breakups in the past and I know that, you know, that has had an impact on you as had friends of ours who weren't necessarily married, but then broke up with their partners. Sure. Anyway, yeah. Um, moving forward. Um, so I lost, because I was a teacher, someone... I used to be a contract teacher and so I didn't have tenure. And so every year I would lose my contract and I'd have to be rehired. Um, but the school I was working at wanted to rehire me, was going to rehire me. But according to a loophole in the old contract that we had, um, because I was contracted, if a teacher who was ongoing um, had a permanent contract with the department, wanted to be transferred to my school because of compassionate reasons, um, I would automatically lose my, my job, which happened to me. So I lost my wife, my job, and then because I moved out of my house, I lost my house at the same time. Um, and it was incredibly hard. Um, I basically lost everything, and I was living overseas. Um, I was living in Australia. Um, I, I lost, you know, I didn't have any of the family Yeah, like your, your support network disappeared. was for the almost and exclusively, you know, on the other side of the world. Yeah. yeah, and it was a few friends. And it's funny how going through an experience like that where people feel like they can't relate, which is why I'm going back to that, um, people felt like they couldn't relate and they didn't want to be a part of it. And how many people just up and disappeared? I don't know if you had that experience, Will, but I felt like I lost huge numbers of my friends. And it wasn't that they were, you know, necessarily picking my ex-wife over me or her over, you know, the other way. It, it just was, it, it was hard. And, um, I basically drank my way through a lot. Um, but I had to learn to like myself, which is something I don't think I'd ever done, um, which, I mean, relates back to what Will was saying. But just remember, and people have said to me several times that they can't believe how quickly I bounce back. And it's like I hit the floor. I hit, you know, what they say, the bottom. And the bottom was rubber, and I bounced back. Just remember, it gets better. And, you know, it didn't feel like it. And But part of that is really making that opportunity for something good to happen in your life. Um, I was literally about to move back to the States, like the day I was going to call the company to pick up my stuff. Um, 
I was in a crowd surf, uh, sorry, couch surf, and I had a bartending gig lined up the, the day after school ended. Um, and I was in a bartend until my Australian dual citizenship came through, and then I was going to move back to the States. Well, that day, it was the last week of school, and I held out hope, and I kept applying, and it looked awful, and nothing came through. And a, a, a teacher, uh, Prin called me up and said, what are you doing? And, you know, in a really funny conversation, um, I was like, look, I'm, I'm giving up everything. She said, okay, cool, that, that's nice, but you're coming in tomorrow to meet your new class, um, so basically cancel all your plans. You're, you're, you're with me. And she kept me here. And because of that, I met my now wife um, just a couple months later. Um, and it literally changed my life. So holding the course, you know, I know it's a uh, one of those cliche tattoos, but I have an anchor tattoo on my side and it says hold fast. And that's because I had, you know, got to remember, sometimes you just have to hold fast and you need to look for the bright side. And then when the bright side happens, jump on it. Don't sit and wallow in it. Know yourself. When you know that something good is coming your way, acknowledge it and take advantage of it. So uh, my life is, yeah, I, I love my life. Life is awesome. But it was not awesome for a while. No, and, and if on that point when you're talking about being at the bottom, if somebody had, you know, pulled you aside and been like, hey, man, everything's going to be awesome. Don't worry. Uh, it would have been an elbow in the face. Yeah, yeah. right. Exactly. It's not, not that you want to hear it. No. So somebody might hear that right now and be like, ah, what do they know? But yeah. then they might think back and go like, oh, you know what? Uh, those guys who went through their things, those guys that, that I feel like I know from a podcast that I don't actually really know, uh, they they had some uh, interesting uh, mm. insight there. I don't know. I just thought it was a, a unique opportunity. And the thing you said about friends who kind of disappeared, I was literally like two days ago, I, well, last right last week, I was talking... I was talking to someone who is a little bit older and divorced, and he talked about the same thing, like friends who he had before the divorce. And I was like, oh, okay, were they your you know, now ex-wife's friends? And like, oh, no, they were my friends. Yeah. They were just gone. And yeah. I guess sometimes people just don't want to deal with somebody's shit. And I guess people feel like it's better to just ghost you, as I believe the kids call it, yeah. as opposed to saying, hey, man, I am so sorry. I'm just not equipped to deal with yeah. that. Uh, do you have a better friend than me that can help you through it? Yeah. And obviously they wouldn't say that, but you know, basically, yeah. and I don't know what's worse. I, I feel like the nothing might be worse, but at the same time, maybe hearing somebody say like, yeah, man, I can't, I can, I'm not equipped yeah. to deal with your shit. So, uh, there's, sorry. There's a great deal of empowerment, I think, in accepting how fragile a lot of things can be that we hold sacred. Because yeah. I'm somebody who grew up in a, in a religious family and like have my belief system and the way I look at things have changed. And when you hold steadfastly to something that's so obviously constructed by human beings in our own minds, and then it crumbles, then your whole world is thrown into disarray. Yeah. And when something like that happens to me or to Brad or to if there's anything that's happened in your life, if you lose somebody and you're those friends disappear not because they don't care about you but because they it it makes them realize how fragile those constructs are and that they are not equipped to deal with them and it terrifies them yeah. and so fear drives people away not just that they're like bad people they're just like oh christ and then they disappear and that's the thing is like it, being married and divorced and maybe brad you feel the same way it's taught me a lot about like this idea of true love because like my mom passed away when i was 15 and my dad has since remarried you have to as a kid you're like oh there's your one and only it's your true love 
And then if that person dies and your parent remarries, you have to justify the fact that my dad's not marrying the second best person. You know what I mean? Because yeah. that's not fair to that no. person. And I've since now been divorced and I'm sure at some point we'll remarry and you've been there. So you ha there's that notion of like true love and it's like, what is it? And it's always ebbing and flowing and changing. And divorce is really not a dirty word anymore because we're not, we're, maybe we're not built to have forever relationships all the time. Maybe one sticks, maybe one doesn't. Yeah. And people are so afraid because the thing that it reminds them of is like being inadequate and knowing that what they believe might not necessarily be true. I definitely got really angry with some people that I felt abandoned me during that time. And it wasn't that I feel like they necessarily abandoned me, but they ghosted me. And I was mm -hmm. like, you know, and I wasn't necessarily turning to them for support. I wasn't at all. But years later, I'm in a very good place. I'm remarried. Life is wonderful. But my now wife has never met some of these people. Mm -hmm. And you just go, I've been married for four years now, and I've been with my now wife for a very long time. And you just look and go, how have you not met? So I'm, I'm actually godfather to two children, mm -hmm. one of whom um, I, I see all the time and who is, you know, I guess not all the time, but I see regularly. And the other one I haven't seen since my divorce yeah. because I haven't seen that family. They're Facebook friends with me. I just haven't seen them. Mm -hmm. And I've invited them to things, they haven't come out. And it only was recently that I realized just what you're saying, how fragile that was, and I need to not be bitter about it. Sure. Yes, you can't do anything about it. Yeah. It's interesting because, you know, I would imagine in your case, Brad, there were people who it was important that you have at your first wedding that by the time your second wedding comes around, it's like, well, I don't need to invite them. And there's yeah. different reasons oh, for yeah. that. There's, you know, look, my wife and I got married nine years ago. There were people we invited because maybe we worked with at the time. There's yeah. a lot of people where I'm like, oh, I, if I was getting married today, I wouldn't invite them. No. And, you know, that could be something, Will, that you'll see, you know, in the future when you get married. There might have been people, I don't know how big your original, your wedding that you had was, but. Like 100. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So there will probably be people there that when you're putting together a list in the future, you're like, Oh, no, they, they don't need to be there. Sure. It's not even like, fuck them. They're not coming. No, it's just no, more like, exactly. no, I don't, I don't need them there. Yeah. You know, yeah. uh, you know, Bujenski will be there, of course. But uh, of course. yeah, I mean, you know, because I mean, why wouldn't he be? Well, I appreciate you guys, first of all, being so honest and so open. And I, I hope that that was maybe helpful to somebody because mm. you never know. Somebody could listen to this, you know, like a, a year from now and I'll get a message like, hey, thanks for uh, having that in there. So ironically, when I was going through the worst of it, um, I had a friend that stepped up and there were some friends that you know, I was acquaintances with that just changed my life with their generosity. And my buddy Dave, um, like I was, I was at a bar for 14 hours drinking by myself, like really unhealthy, really bad. And it wasn't the first time I'd done something like that, but I hit rock bottom. Like I was, I was I, if I was to say at any point I hit rock bottom, that was it. Um, and I literally was crawling home because I couldn't walk. And I had no one to call and I had no money and it was bad. And I called Dave and he came out in the middle of the night and he carried me home. And Brad's like, a big guy. I just, yeah. for people who maybe get, Dave's yeah. a bigger dude. Dave, I know Dave. Dave yeah, is a, a very big guy. And Dave the dog, also a big dog. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he's right. But yeah, so you know, carrying right. you home is not easily done. But yeah. Dave kept saying at the time, I have no frame of reference for this, but you're hurting. You're a friend. I got you. Mm -hmm. And I always appreciated it. Loved him to death for it. Recently, He's gone through the same thing and he didn't see it coming. I like, I didn't see it coming and it was awful, but he said, at, you know, going through it, he's like, well, he, you know, we, we went for long walks and be like, okay, how did you do this again? Like, cause yeah. I, and I was like, look, you got to do it your own way, but there is life and don't give up on things. Cause I know it looks really bad right now, but, and now he's living like, he's loving life. Mm -hmm. His life could not be better. 
But at the time, you know, just like me, it all fell apart in like really bad ways. And so, again, just keep that hope, man. Keep it going. And, of course, if there are forever relationships that are meant to be, it is the relationship with you, dear listener, and the black cast. That Amen. is something that is never going anywhere, you know, until it, until it does. Um, because I, I would love to end on, on a little bit of a sillier up note, um, for the sake of Brad's Scottish wife, I want to provide an opportunity now. Yes. Just play this last part for her. She doesn't need to hear all the heartfelt stuff that we just had. Yeah. She knows you're a good guy. Um, I want to get her honest critique of Will's Scottish accent. It's terrible. I played it. <clears throat> well, let's pretend you didn't. Okay. Let's get... Let, okay. No, no, no. Well, no, no. Here, it's this terrible. Is... My Scottish accent is terrible, she said. Yeah. Good. So yeah, Great. Does... I'm, not, I'm not going to do it. So you're not going to do it. I already know it's terrible. So why would I subject myself See, that's, to See, that's the problem. Brad ruined it for me because I wanted to get the opportunity. Sorry. So for my sake, do you have another accent you'd like to try for me? No, not now. <sighs> Man. See how you teed this up? I and did. And, and out, who? And now I'm not going to do it. Nah. I have no nah. training, formal training. No, I know. You, that's just, yeah. Just nah. recite words. I think it sounds better than David Tennant's Uncle Scrooge, and he's Scottish. And I'm to just, be fair, that is it is better than David Tennant's Uncle Scrooge. <laughs> yeah, I mean David Tennant's Uncle Scrooge is not convincing. You know, no, um, uh, my wife takes, um, and I'm not saying that your Scottish accent is actually terrible. I'm sure, it's but not very um, good. my wife takes being Scottish very seriously, as most Scottish people do. Yeah, um, she's of the, you know, literally headbutt you and kick you while you're down school of being Scottish. Um, you know, she is Glaswegian, and you don't fool around. Um, especially since now my father-in-law has moved to Melbourne, and I spend a lot of time around the Glasgow connection. Um, she was going to say, no matter who did that accent, no matter how classically trained, it would be terrible. So you should really... Does she think Ewan McGregor's is good, or is his, is, is his bad, too? Because it's also his accent. I actually don't know. Okay, well, that's um, important. I would have to ask. Well, uh, Brad, why don't you tell the listeners what some of your podcasts are so I can ruin the end of one of your fucking episodes. <laughs> <laughs> I will say real quick that my buddy works at Universal at Harry Potter World, and he's from the UK. Yeah. And Brits are always fucking getting in his face and telling him that he's faking. He's like... Yeah, he I used to. Yeah. He has to keep the character, I, and he's like, I don't know what to say. But people are like, I love your fucking fake accent. Blah 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 blah. I used to like, have, I used to have the reverse when I worked at the Renaissance Festival when I was in high school. Yeah, that gets you late a lot. Uh, actually, funny story. Uh, another time. Uh, but uh, I would do my my British accent, and I would have people that ask where I was from, and I'm like, you know, in some like bad character oh, from the shot, and they're like, no, where are you really from? And then I would like go to my you know regular voice. I'm like. No, I mean, it's just a fake voice, you know, and yeah. they, I, so I couldn't believe, I'm like, are they fucking with me? Like, yeah, exactly. they're, they're trying to tell me that my accent's bad by, by telling me that they think it's really convincing. Yeah. And I, I was just like, I, I don't know how to take that. Yeah. Uh, anyway, Brad. Well, Kirsten's always being confused for either A, Irish, or B, English. Because which one's worse to be confused for? I would say English, English worse than Irish. Yeah, English. Yeah, English. I because the English are, yes, yeah. thank you. Thank they you. Are, yeah, the conquerors. Um, because she's not your typical sort of Glaswegian talk like your mouth full of marbles. Kirsten went, you know, fairly well educated and did quite a lot of traveling growing up. And so like me, she's got sort of a washed out quote unquote educated. Like I don't I don't sound like my uncles like from Boston. Nah, dude. Nah, dude. But even like my dad still has a Boston accent. I don't. Yeah, his um, but his is like does. his is like yeah. a little you know his isn't like Rod. It's not Ted Kennedy. No, God, his no. is his is a little bit subtle, but like it comes out in certain words. Exactly. Your, your dad, so yeah. my so I'm back from my sister's wedding, and my dad's speech at the wedding. I was sitting there listening to him speak, and you know I listen to him speak all the time. But it was like 
Do, like, uh, do not uh, ask not what yeah, your uh, new husband can do for you, but uh, ask what you can do for your new husband. I did not drown Mary Jo Kopechny in that car. I do want to see that movie. I do want to see that movie. So not accurate, and I'm like, ugh. Well, that sounds what like that sounds uh, Chappaquiddick. That sounds like something that you heard from fake news CNN. So I'm sure that it's very accurate. Uh, anyway, Brad, where can people find your various podcasts? You have the Lando Dice, which is Lando Calrissian Dice, right? Or what is it, Lando <laughs> so, Lando Misfit Toys? Am I so right? Is my it Lando Facebook Calrissian? page. My Facebook page is Lando. Uh, Misfit Toys, which is yes. Lando, Misfit La- Toys. Lando Misfit Lando, Toys, yeah. yeah. Um, home of the Cast Dice podcast. And that's where if you want to see pictures of all the toy soldiers I paint, which I know isn't everyone's favorite thing, but you can find it. I mean, I don't play with them, but I like watching like how much time you spent on, yeah. on the toy soldiers. Because I do spend a lot of time yes, on it. Yes, you do. But, um, so the name of my podcast, my solo podcast is Cast Dice. Um, so wait, that's your podcast that's entirely about Han Solo? Uh, God, I wish. Uh, so it's C-A-S-T, Dice. It's actually funny. I've had that logo since Halloween. Um, and then everyone recently has started noticing that my podcast logo has the Boba Fett little the little antenna off the helmet. Mm-hmm. And everyone's like, oh, my God, did you add that recently? And I'm, no, it's been there the whole time. <laughs> um, so I'm really hoping Boba Fett comes back at some point. But you can also find me on uh, the Ghost Army podcast, which is about World War II wargaming. And I also do the Warlord Games official podcast, where um, you get to hear the radio grading version of my American accent. So, <laughs> That's right. Yeah. yeah. The one that people hate. Oh, yeah. people hate it. But uh, Brad Moore is still not on Twitter. It's not for you. And, nope. and no Instagram either, right? Sorry. Just It's all Facebook all the time all uh, the time but will sterling where can you be found uh, i can find where people are not leaking my information on twitter and instagram at will sterling underscore i'm just kidding i just had to yeah no that's the big he's thing. all facebook yeah. i'm on facebook too but i yeah. don't really push facebook <laughs> the podcast motivation report uh what is it motivationreport.com that's good enough that's what they, motivation.com that's they motivation, motivation report.com report. yeah it's on twitter and stuff but and and you know you can always find me at christian dmz and the black cast itself, if you're not following us at this point, like, what do we have to do to get I to I like the to imagine somewhere out there there's like, oh, let me see Brad, Will. It's my first yeah. time listening to this podcast. Let me just get so everybody. Up, That'd be great. Yeah. Do, a, do screen grabs and show us that you're following and friending all of us. For the first time, yeah. B-L-A-D-T-C-A-S-T. That is at Blackcast on the Twitter and yeah the Instagram and we still haven't had Will go around and take pictures uh, from the Blackcast account of hot girls. Well, it's not gonna be hot girls anymore. But it's gonna be something different. Yeah. Yeah, just be like you know your foot resting resting at a yeah yeah scars. Look, dogs will probably get a lot of attention too. Doing short shorts so you can show off your scars. Oh, glittery short shorts. Yeah, see that'll tie it all together. Uh, And then of course uh, you can like the Blackcast on Facebook, which some people do, but you know most don't. But that's all right. It's fine. And uh, you know next time I believe we will be finally able to share our thoughts on uh, Infinity War, and uh, it'll be uh, we'll have to make the time to see it which isn't going to be that hard. And uh, then to talk about it too. So uh, I'm looking forward to the movie and looking forward to sharing it with the nation, the Blackcast nation. But uh, thank you, Brad, for flying all the way in from Australia just to join us here on the Blackcast, just to come visit Will at his, at his lovely home. Yeah, I do. And uh, Will, thank you for uh, hobbling a few different times right. and uh, getting the old uh, podcast set up out of the uh, storage bag. Oh, of course. And uh, we will see all of you next right. time on... The Black Cast.